Welcome to the Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And like we mentioned last show, if there was any big news coming out of Leafland, we would be having a bonus episode. And here we are having a bonus episode uh, with the news that Cal Dubas is not going to be returning as general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, so we're going to be chatting with our Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Mike Agello, about this. Uh, but there were also some uh, big changes within the Toronto Marlies that kind of went under the radar a little bit. Uh, so the Marlies finished first in the North Division and were sixth overall in the American Hockey League uh, in the regular season, but got swept three games to none in their second round of playoff series versus, versus the Rochester Americans, which which I just found out that they are, uh, or I didn't realize that they're Buffalo's, uh, the Buffalo Sabres uh, minor hockey affiliate. So, yeah. Yeah. So on Friday, the Marlies announced that head coach Greg Moore and his assistant coaches, AJ McLean and John Snowden, were let go uh, as part of this um, big upheaval at MLSE because we, with the removal of Kyle Dubas, obviously, as GM. So there will definitely be some work to do at the AHL level as well and uh, to find a new coaching staff. And there's even possibly. I mean, the GM is still there, um, but you never know, that might change as well. So it's been quite a, a while since we've had this much instability in the Leafs organization. And our Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Mike Agello, is joining us to talk about the decision to move on from Kyle Dubas and how this will affect the team's future. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. All right, some big news and kind of surprising news uh, from the Leafs on Friday afternoon that Cal Dubas will not be returning as the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So to talk about this, we are welcoming back to the show our Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Mike Agello. All right, Mike covers the Leafs and the NHL as a reporter and does a podcast with HockeyBuzz.com. He is co-host of Off the Post Radio and the Leafs Convo, and he is a writer for Full Hockey, Full Press Hockey. One one of these days I'm going to get this right. Um, <laughs> anyway, Mike also covers the Buffalo Sabres as a lead writer with Buffalo Hockey Now. As always, thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Uh, good morning, uh, good afternoon, uh, ladies. And uh, yeah, in my spare time, I do feats of magic and, and uh, I don't have any spare time. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say no spare time for you after all that. No. Yeah. yeah, Keeping busy, especially adding in the Buffalo Sabres too. So oh boy. Yeah. But okay. Um, yeah. Big news, as we all know, um, on Friday afternoon with Kyle, or not Kyle, with Kyle Dubas, yes, but with Brendan Shanahan calling that press conference at three o'clock before the long weekend. And first, we just want to get your thoughts on Shanahan's press conference um, and the fact he was so open with the timeline. I don't know. And the, and his relationship with Kyle Dubas. I mean, we knew like he basically gave Kyle Dubas the chance, right? He was only 27, I think, when he came in, like nine years ago. Like, I guess when you, yeah, 27, 28 years old, not really, well, he's known a little bit in the in the Sioux, obviously. <laughs> he's big in the family there. But I don't know, what did you think of Shanahan? Like, I laid it out just so that I could remember it all here. I, I wrote down all the steps. He was very, like, detailed. And, yeah. Can, can I just say one thing first? Like, sure. Is anyone like, did they actually think that they were going to bury this in the long weekend? I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because I know that I, I can't, I think it was Steve Dangle was saying that this would, it would be 
typical that they would yeah. try to bury this. Like, you know, the, there's an old uh, political expression, like you dump bad news at Friday at 5 p.m. because no, by the time, you know, they was take out the trash day. It was an old West, <laughs> old West Wing episode. Where it was like, take out the trash. You dump it at 5 o'clock on Friday. And by the time Monday at 9 o'clock comes around, it's old news. Um, this is not gonna, this was not gonna be old news no matter what happened. Yeah. Um, he, I know he did, he apologized that it was, uh, yeah. uh, 3 p.m. on a Friday and a long weekend. I, you know, the funny thing was it got announced Elliot Friedman broke the story a little before noon. And normally in a situation of that magnitude, I would have immediately hustled and got in the car and, and driven up the QEW. But being a week, being a holiday weekend, I figured there was no way I was going to get there by three o'clock. So uh, I just watched like everyone on, on the, on the computer. And yes, I was a little bit taken aback by the, the extreme detail mm -hmm. um, of the, of the whole situation. And of course, even though we got extreme detail from Brendan Shanahan, we got one side of the detail. Yeah. And that's where I think we're never going to get like a a full, you know, 3D picture of the whole situation. But I think the things that we have heard since the announcement on Friday, um, I, I I personally think that this was a situation that was brewing going back to last September. And Shanahan referred to that in terms of the board not giving Dubas an extension. And... I was literally 10 feet away from Kyle Dubas on Monday when he had his media end of year media availability. And he mentioned, you know, the stress that it had, had on his family and, uh, you know, thing. And he was genuinely, I, I don't think that was an act. I think he was, no. he was genuine in that. Yeah. Um, and I talked to some reporters after that and they were like, you know, maybe that wasn't the best thing to do because if you start to show a little bit of, um, you know, human frailty this is a position that you don't want to be showing that um yeah. and i think too like he was it's kind of like he said he doesn't know for sure obviously well he did say that he doesn't know for sure he'll be back like he gave that question and it's like okay why are you saying that <laughs> right in front of like millions yeah. of people like yeah and the, thing, and the thing is is that shanahan has been i think the best uh, the biggest defender of Kyle Dubas. Um, I think he was on board with him uh, getting an extension going back to last September. I think one or more of the corporate entities, either Bell or Rogers or Larry Tannenbaum, were not on board with giving Dubas the extension. Now, according to what Shanahan said, after the, the regular season and after the win over Tampa, they were on board. He was given the go-ahead to give uh, to say, we're, we're on board for an extension. So... All of a sudden, when Dubas made his statement on Monday, something that Shanahan thought he shouldn't do, then all of a sudden the doubt started to creep in. And I don't think it was the doubt from Shanahan. Otherwise, they wouldn't have continued the negotiations going forward. I think it was doubt coming from the corporate entity that had reservations going back to last September. So maybe the seeds were planted back then, and this just gave rise to that doubt once again. Do you think, um, one thing I was thinking of is that um, when I think about, you know, Kyle Dubas and just the impression that I got in his presser, mm -hmm. that looked to me like a man that was conflicted. So, like, I think he has this vision. We all know how tied to this vision he is, mm -hmm. how much he wanted this to be a success. 
we don't know what's going on on the family side with him. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible that the that the counter offer that they made because I I really do think that the autonomy that he wanted was was the big thing because ultimately his vision is what he wanted to bring to fruition and yeah. I think he really felt that he wanted the autonomy to do that. Do you think that was like him coming back saying okay thinking about it over the few days okay what exactly do I want to to be able to come back and just shooting his last shot kind of thing? Well, I think the most disingenuous comment, and I'm not going to say lie, but because that's, that's unfair, but the most disingenuous comment of Brendan Shanahan during the media availability was when he talked about the offer, uh, the new parameters or new, uh, and then there was a gap. It made he made it sound like it was purely financial. Yeah, and I and, don't agree with that and either. That's I mean, honestly this this organization has thrown good money after bad on scouting and analytics and this and that. And are you going to tell me that they're going to move on from a general manager that they like because of a million dollars a year? Well, especially call, like they're they just finished paying Babcock's salary just this year. So yeah, I call I call BS on that. So, but I do think, and what Elliot Friedman mentioned on Saturday, Friday or Saturday during one of the broadcasts, that um, essentially there was a wish on the part of Dubis to streamline uh, the decision-making processes. And James Myrtle in The Athletic talked about how there was friction between Shanahan and Dubas, not personal friction, but the fact that there were certain things that Dubas wanted to do that he was prevented from doing. And there was a certain things that he didn't want to do that he, he, that he had to do because either Shanahan or the board wanted him to do that. So all that thing. So essentially he's saying, okay, I, maybe the wear and tear and the, te- and the tension and the, and everything to do with his family had to do with the fact that he couldn't do the job the way he wanted to do it. And the, and the new parameters were, okay, if I'm coming back, I need this, 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 and that. And well, the thing is though, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit on Shanahan's side here because he actually, it was after the trade deadline that he went to Kyle Dubas and said to him that, like he wants to move forward. He got approval from the board. He wants to move forward with this. Extension. And he said, talk to my agent, and, like, talk, to, my agent. talk yeah. to the agent. And he, he gave him a week, like he took a week. Kyle Dubas took a week, according to Brandon Shanahan, to decide whether or not he wants to do it at that time. Kyle Dubas came back to him a week later saying, yes, go talk to my agent. Okay. So for me, I'm thinking to myself, okay. So if, I mean, obviously it was all year that these issues and again, he had like, it's the family issues. Like that's n- definitely nothing. That's something we don't know. And, and we hope everything's okay with that. But how do you tell a person to go and get a contract like that? Let's say to start working on it, Shanahan gets it on, su- gives it to him on Sunday, the framework, mm-hmm. right? That's what Shanahan said. He gives him on Sunday and then he comes out and then Dubas comes out on Monday and kind of plants that seed of doubt sort of i'm just thinking like well that's why from I think march he was, from march yeah. till now why how, did it take so long yeah like mm. how like sh- couldn't you have thought of this in like mid-april let's say right like to say okay maybe you know tell the agent that you know i'm not so sure or whatever right i don't know i just i just think that's kind of odd and then with shanahan and these I mean, you're always going to hear this too. I think with any any team, it doesn't matter that somebody's not allowing you to 
do right. the trade and uh he well i mean that's nothing new that's like nothing new any gm yeah. has these things to go yeah. through but i i do agree though that with dubis and the way he thinks because of course i'm in his, in his head right but um <laughs> I, I think that some of these things that he wants to do, some of these things are timely. And when you have to go through all these hoops to right. get approval on things, um, it's yeah. it makes his job a lot more difficult. So I could see how that would be frustrating. And the thing is, and the thing that we'll never know is what were the decisions that were made that they couldn't make? And what were the decisions that they couldn't make that they made or vice? You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it was, was, know. Was the Nick Felino deal a deal that they want that that uh, the board and Shanahan wanted that Dubis didn't? I or, heard that's the opposite on that one. I heard right. that that was his deal, right? But right, but, yeah. but that's that's the thing. But, Are you, but again, we don't know. We're hearing hearsay here and there. Yeah, we we don't know. Like, I mean, I I have heard rumors going back a few years that the Leafs were interested in Tage Thompson before Tage Thompson blew up with with the Sabers, because uh, there was a relationship between Tage Thompson and. Austin Matthews, and he was not doing particularly well in Buffalo. But you know, was that a deal that was prevented? You know, like we don't know. Yeah. We don't, no. and, and we'll never know. So we don't know what moves. And do, now, could you say they didn't want to give Kyle Dubas autonomy because that would give him carte blanche to keep the core four? That would give him carte blanche to keep Sheldon Keefe again. Mm-hmm. When the board and Shanahan might have said, okay, it's time to make those changes. We don't know. That's that's the thing we and we we never will. Well, that's why I think that that uh, for sure that when I looked at at Dubis in that press conference, I felt like there were conditions in that contract that he didn't know if he could live with. Bottom line. And that, and, but he and, waited too long, basically, yeah. to and, to tell yeah. to, to decide tell that hand. Yeah. And, by, with and by coming out in that press conference on Monday and saying, "Well, maybe, maybe I'm not all in on being general manager of the Leafs," that's saying, "Okay, well, I will be if you give me what I want." That could, mm-hmm. you know, that could have been calculated. I again, I I think it was I for. Right. I don't think that was the case. I think he was for real in terms of him talking about his family and the stress. But I think the cause for the stress might have been sort of the machinations of the management. But but that being said, okay, so now, you know, it's Thursday and he comes back and he says, I still want to be general manager of this team. And apparently behind the scenes, he's having meetings and things of that nature but he's put this thing out there that he wants this and that. And Shanahan basically thought about it overnight and then went in on Friday at the Ford Performance Center with an axe and chopped his head off. So because they had the conversation on, on the Wednesday, they had a long meeting, apparently, like a personal meeting with Dubis and Shanahan. So obviously we we won't know what was said in that meeting right before right. Thursday. So I don't like there might have been something else that. Was that Kyle or... said that made him gave him well, no, it, was, yeah. it was the it was the agent on Thursday and then the agent on Thursday with, yeah. with new parameters yeah and that's when Shanahan started to really question and then it was the email from Kyle saying he still wanted to be general manager of the team now there was nothing else other than that but it was it went hand in hand with what the agent had contacted them about so it's like mm-hmm. I want to be general manager of the team but I need this. So who maybe the communication problem is between Dubis and his agent. Ultimately, he messed up. I think personally (laughs) on his own. I don't know whether you can. I I find it hard to believe that somebody who is a former agent, Kyle Dubis, 
yeah. um, would not be communicating exactly chapter and verse what he <laughs> wanted what he wanted his yeah. agent to convey. He just You're didn't right. want to do it. He's yeah. a pretty detail oriented guy, that Kyle. So and right. one mm-hmm. one thing that was interesting that I caught from Shanahan too during the pre- like just to do with the decisions and him like Dubis maybe being blocked from making decisions or or the reverse that uh, other decision being made that he didn't want to make. But Shanahan said later on in the conference that when it comes to the roster, I guess he said just being different doesn't solve something. So mm. that that to me means you know. I don't think he's all on board to say that he wants to trade one of these core four players too. Like he's, if he wants, if he, if, I mean, I personally, I think one of them has to go. We talked about that with, in our last show, but just that comment, I just thought it was interesting and there was no promises. He's like, there's no promises um, on a timeline. Like every, everybody wants something that is a, a better fit but it has to be the better fit has to be an improvement of what's on the ice. Like that's what, that's what he said basically. Right. So, I mean, it's not like Brandon Shanahan is like, I don't know. It's like everybody thinks it's, everybody thinks it's chaos right now. Right. And it is, I guess, but it's pretty chaotic. And and honestly, like if, if you had a Twitter poll right now to say who is the main, who, who bears the most responsibility for, the dismissal of Kyle Dubas and you had a Brendan Shanahan B the Maple Leafs MLS and E board mm-hmm. C Kyle Dubas or D the core four my well, vote for the- it's D yeah it's D it's I actually think you know if we are looking for a jolt for these guys basically we took away their blankie so their comfort <laughs> is now taken away are you know saying that I mean? austin matthews is linus come on <laughs> no i'm not saying that but i'm saying that whatever the person who coddled them is not there anymore so that is a little bit of discomfort that maybe they need so whether they like it or not and that makes them decide they can deal with it and stay, then, you know, that actually is telling, right? I, I mean, I, you know, I'll just say this. Uh, I don't care about their discomfort. Oh, after, 100%. We after, shouldn't. After, after five years of generally not showing up when this team needs them after paying them a collective $200 million over five years between Tavares, Marner, Matthews, and Nylander. And, you know, Nylander showed up every once in a while and Matthews showed up every once in a while, but there was no consistency like you see out of Matthew Kachuk or Nathan McKinnon or Sidney Crosby or whoever, you know, like back in the day, no consistency, no of effort. And I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't care what changes they make, general manager, head coach, the core four cannot come back. It absolutely cannot. You cannot sign. You cannot come back after all this. You cannot come back with that group again. I am sorry. Okay, okay. that's good. And that leads into our let's say next yes. question. So, so no, it's about it's with about the those firing <laughs> of of Kyle Dubas. How do you think this will affect the player signings and free agency going forward? I mean, free agency that might be a little bit of a tougher thing yeah. to yeah. guess because it really depends on who's in the the seat after but well okay it. first of all brendan shannon said that he wasn't going to rush into this but really mm-hmm. i mean he has to you have to get a general man you you cannot go into july 1st and 
the draft. I mean, the draft less so because they've already done their scouting and things, and they don't have that many draft picks anyway. But you cannot go into July first with an uncertainty with Brandon Pridham basically as an as an interim general manager. You know, and that's essentially what Shanahan said that you know Pridham in the interim will be handling things. But these are all Dubas people, and yeah. we don't know we don't know if their contracts end the same time that Dubas's did, which is June the 30th. So you could have a completely empty organization on July 1st with Pridham gone, with Wes Clark gone, with Ryan Hardy gone, with uh, Haley Wickenheiser gone. You could, have, you could have an empty ship, an empty vessel at the Ford Performance Center or at the offices of, the, of Scotiabank Arena, and that's a scary proposition. So I would think that within a week to two weeks, they have to find a general manager. Now, I don't know whether that's going to be somebody who is in a general manager's position right now. The rumors are, you know, Doug Armstrong from St. Louis has been mentioned, or if it's somebody who just got let go, like Brad Living, or somebody who had been out there like Ray Shiro or Mark Hunter, that name. Well, that was mentioned, that was mentioned by Jeff Merrick a couple days ago. And like, if you're talking about familiarity, well, they, you know, he was an assistant general manager in the organization and he knows Marner and he knows Matthews. And, you know, I mean, I, I personally, I think that would be an unmitigated disaster and his draft record was not good. You know, like yeah. give me, give me the NHL central scouting book on the floor of the draft and I could do as good a job. Uh, I could draft Austin Matthews first overall. I could look in the book and pick better guys better than Emily Rassinen or Igor Korshkov or some of these other guys. I'm not, yeah. you know. But, but when it comes to the players, though, themselves, like everybody's talking about this whole relationship that um, mm -hmm. that the GM has with the – and again, like they're – like we said before, when you had that little poll question, it's the core four that basically got him canned. Really got him yep. canned in yep. the end because they didn't show up when they needed to. Right. But that relationship, let's just say, of let's say for Austin Matthews, obviously, because that's the biggest one, mm -hmm. and that now all of a sudden he's not going to sign because Kyle Dubas isn't there. I don't know. I think that's. Well, like, is well, that relationship like, I mean, he needs to have a plan, obviously, like to know a plan to say. But I mean, ultimately, obviously, with all this happening, like Brendan Shanahan, MLSE wants to win. Like, obviously, it's not like we're going to tank and be playing out of Mullet Arena or something uh, like well, in Arizona well, um, <laughs> in his hometown. But what is that that relationship of uh, like with Matthews and. Well, Nylander, I guess, is the other one that has the contract coming right. up as and the no trade clauses and all that kind of thing. Like, is it like, do you think Matthews is just going to say, like, forget it? Like, I'm not going to well, sign right away or I well, know, I mean, because of this? I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, we know that Dubas had cultivated a good a professional relationship with uh, Orr Wasserman and with uh, Judd Moldaver, uh, Matthews's agent um and you know and obviously matthews's comments on monday were like i want to you know basically i want to be here long term i'd like to get it done before july the first yeah that was under the auspices of kyle dubas and the plan that they were operating under now that has all been thrown into the garbage heap because right. we don't know what the plan is now the skepticism that Elliot Friedman reported, he basically said, well, he, I think he, I think the way he phrased it, and I, I apologize if I'm not, uh, per, you know, 
word by word. <laughs> but I think he I think he said that he would find it hard to believe that Matthews would sign before July first. First of all, he can't sign before July first because July he, he only becomes eligible for the extension after July first. But they could agree to a agree to a structure of a deal yeah. and then on July first announce it. The thing is, is that on July first, I think at twelve noon a no move clause drops in. And this is right. John Tavares in reverse because that's what happened with the Islanders. He had a no move clause and he says, I'm not going anywhere. And then he went somewhere in free agency. Okay. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, the Leafs want to get Matthews taken care of, but I think Matthews is going to want to know what the direction of the franchise is. And the, now does that mean I don't want my buddies traded? I don't want Willie traded or Mitch traded. Yeah. Well, you can't dictate what the roster is going to be, Austin. We love you. Yeah. We love you. We'll make you the highest paid player in the league. We'll give you a five-year deal instead of an eight-year deal if that's what you want. But you can't dictate dictate to us what the team is going to be because the team has not done anything uh, other than win one round against a tired Tampa Bay team in five, in the five years that you made the playoffs. I just think it would be funny that, you know, if somebody would make those kinds of demands, but then be willing to go someplace else where none of their friends are. So yeah, <laughs> it doesn't right. make that's any sense too. really, yeah. Yeah. But, they're on, but they're on a clock and that's, that's yeah. the thing. You've got, you've got five weeks, a little over five weeks until July 1st. And you, you know, I'm sure negotiations or I'm sure contact has been established between what's left of Leafs management and Austin Matthews representation to say, you know, to sort of gauge, okay, well, we're going to go this way. This is why getting a new general manager in there as quickly as possible is imperative because that general manager then would be establishing the connection between himself and the agent and starting the negotiating process. So, you know, Two of the four are easy. You want to get Matthew signed, and John Tavares is going nowhere. I don't care what pipe dream people are thinking right. of about him waving his no-move clause. <laughs> no, it's not, not happening. happening. Stop it. Do you think that they're going to – I don't know. I've heard this other, I guess, rumors out there to say they'll make his life miserable, like strip the captaincy. Like that would be going back to like Daryl Sittler days, like oh, to make God. it so miserable for him and that not. he'll want to leave. But I can't see that happening. Either. All, all I can, all I can say is this. If you, if, if, if the Leafs organization does what some of their fans want them to do with John Tavares <laughs> to force him out, yeah. you will never get another big time free agent yeah. to sign in Toronto. Again, your name will be mud. It's dumb. He's still a good player. So oh, shut up. It's, it's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree too. It's not happening anyways. And, um, right. and yeah, the number one priority is signing obviously Austin Matthews. So what what do you ahead. think though about uh, like if they, if they can't sign him before July 1st, what are the chances that they try to trade him? <sighs> I, I think they're very slim because they, you know, are you, do you want to, you know, basically after July 1st, you're, ba you're essentially going to be working on his agent saying, we're going to make you the highest paid player in the league. And you know, like, the thing is, is like, he has to sign on to not only the contract, sign on to the plan that is in front of them. And, you know, he's got power here, you know, oh, you, yeah. you, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, but what does he do to, um, use that power i mean does he do it to keep players does he do it to get a shorter term deal so he can have another payday i don't what know if he, what if he pulls a kachuk 
and says, I'm not going to sign here. Well, he he has to do that before the before July 1st. Yeah. Because yeah. Kachuk did that. I don't think he had a no-move clause, but he says, sorry, Brad, for living. I'm not signing here, so, you know, trade me. Uh, or otherwise you you keep me and and on July 1st of 2023, I'm walking away. Yeah. And he said, okay, well, I'll trade you. And he got a really good return. Now he'd get a great return. Obviously Austin, Massey, Austin Matthews will get a phenomenal return, but all of a sudden now you don't have, you have a 33 year old center who's going to move to the wing and you have a 25, 26 year old center who is one of the best three, four centers in the league who wants out, you're back in you're back in Tyler Bozak territory if you're number one center. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't yeah. see it. I mean, I know in the presser too that Brendan Shanahan said like he made calls to players already and he has to make call- I'm sure Austin Matthews was most likely his first call. Dial. And yeah. uh and then also um just the the fact that Larry Tannenbaum too apparently is really tight with the family too of Austin Matthews family. I heard like he keeps in contact, whatever. I think yeah. Austin Matthews knows what's going on already. Probably like, and, and I, at least a little bit anyways. It's so hopefully that's enough to keep him comfortable until they actually hire a GM and then he can find out the full details as to what the, what this plan is. But um, all right. The last question we have for you, I think is just with the, um, I guess, you mentioned a couple of the, a few of the candidates, I guess, for, for possible candidates for GM of the Leafs. Who do you think is the would be the right choice for for? Because I mean, yesterday I was scared. I saw somebody on Twitter posted a picture of Jim Benning. I was like, oh my god! I was like, no, he was at the airport in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what's Floyd Smith doing? Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's a it's a really difficult question because yeah. the GMs that you'd want are the GMs that are already in positions. I mean, I'd love Julian Brisebois, but obviously I was he's, just not, gonna say, yeah. he's not. He's not leaving Tampa. What about, what about George McPhee? I heard that one with, uh, but he's like president of, of hockey he's operations with Vegas. He's so. got it. He's got it, mate. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I thought. I had heard, I, and this, I'm not reporting this as a rumor. I had just heard this as a, as a sort of a side comment, like during the year that, um, if Kyle Dubas didn't come back as Leafs general manager, one guy who's always wanted to be general manager of the Maple Leafs is been Jim Rutherford. And he's president, he's president in Vancouver. And Patrick Alvin is sort of in control there. But Jim Rutherford is, I think, in his 70s. It would be like yeah. bringing back Lou Lamorello again. So yeah, I, right. I don't think that that's realistic. I mean. About, uh, Ray Shiro. That's another name that I heard. Yeah, I, he, the, the thing is that you're talking about a lot of the rehash. For, you know, I know that Shiro was in the but mix. Shanahan said he wanted experience, right? Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. But there's there's a borderline of experience and somebody who's just sort of you know past it and i don't know ray shiro supposedly supposedly was in the mix for the presidency in philadelphia but he wanted uh some um control of hockey operations and they were they were going with daniel briere a neophyte as the general manager so that's why they went with keith keith jones who probably won't have a lot of influence on hockey decisions so i i don't know if it's you know for living, supposedly they've requested um, 
or there has been a, a communication that they would give permission. Um, I don't think his record in Calgary was particularly good, so I would I would shy away from that. The Doug Armstrong thing is intriguing, but he's got a contract. Now, whether this would be similar to what happened with Brian Burke 15 years ago where he had a contract with Anaheim, but he told Anaheim, I'd like to go take this job, and they, you know, he had just won a cup there, so they let him go. Would St. Louis let him out of their contract? I mean, I don't know if they have somebody in the waiting in the wings to take over for him for him because they did sign him to a contract. But there, his name has been mentioned in two or three different places. So you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I let's just say this, and I, I have nothing against this guy as a person, nothing at all. He, I, I've met him a couple of times; he seemed like a very nice guy. I just think Mark Hunter would be an unmitigated disaster. I, th- I think that, you know, you because then you're going back to the guy that you chose against five years ago and mm-hmm. said, said, oh, we were wrong now. And he's I think he's in his early 60s and he's never been a, a general manager in the league. So he doesn't exactly have the experience that Brendan Shanahan is looking for. Um, what about like some guys like I've heard of? Um, I can't remember his name. So like there's a right hand guy for Steve Eiserman in Detroit. Uh, Chris- I think. Uh, yeah, that I've heard. Yeah, oh, that's right. Chris yeah. Draper. Right. And, and, and he's buddies with he's yeah. buddies with Shanahan. But so I heard that. He doesn't have any. He's not a GM. No. I mean, he's been a, an AGM, but yeah. And then what about the other kind of another kind of wunderkind kind of kind of name out there? Is that Erica? Eric Tulsky. So. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that, again, why would Eric Tulsky take that job when you know, a, a, a older version of Eric Tulsky, you know, somebody who was deemed like the wunderkind and Mr. Analytics, which I don't think Kyle Dubas was, but he was just, he, he'd want to do some of the same things that Dubas would want to do. Yeah. yeah true. So, so I, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a good fit. So. And the last so one actually I have is, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's going to work either, but what about Stan Bowman? <laughs> if he no, actually, thank you. with that, well, no, uh, you just rehab the culture of the Leafs somewhat, and yeah. you're going to turn it back like 180. No, thank you. Well, see, the no. pro- the problem here is yeah. is that if Sheldon Keith is let go, right. which we all think is going to happen once a new yeah. GM is put in place, the num the leading candidate to be the coach could be Joel Quenville. And that right. I'm not, I don't want that either. Right. And so you could say, well, Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville. Well, Stan, okay, I know for, I saw for a fact where Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville weren't getting along on the draft floor. And I think it was in, oh, I remember that too. Yes. Where, where they had just traded Nicholas Yarmolson to uh, Arizona. And, and that was one of Quenville's favorite players. And Quenville basically stormed off the draft floor. Um, so, you know. All right. Yeah. I Stan Bowman, you know, he, he won three Stanley Cups, but honestly, his role in the whole Kyle Beach yeah. situation. Um, wouldn't, yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't think so either. They yeah. wouldn't. But I do it. think there's a possibility, depending on who the, the coach or depending on who the general manager is, that they are going to want a big name coach to change sort of the, you know, I use this expression that I used a lot back in the Matt Sundin days, that country club, uh, country yeah. club culture yeah. um, that I think exists. There's definitely um, some, not lackadaisical, but I just think there's a comfort level here. And maybe that was 
that was provided by Kyle Dubas being a backer of these guys. And now that comfort level is gone and you're going to have probably somebody with experience coming in. You know, if Lou Lamorello hadn't been hired before, I would say, oh, Lou's be a perfect guy to come in and, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I don't know if they have. Uh, it's like the I read an article saying the inmates are uh, controlling the, the asylum. asylum or whatever, right? <laughs> what about um for coach wise? What about like somebody like Gerard Gallant? Ugh, I know knowing knowing Gallant and what happened in New York. Um, he doesn't like. I mean, I they had. Immediate success year one, but they played a style completely different than what the Leafs play. And when they mm -hmm. tried to go more high skill, bringing in Tarasenko, bringing in Kane, right. they work. lost to New Jersey in seven games. You know, you have to find, first of all, either you either have to change the, the composition of the team to play what we're seeing out of Carolina and Florida and Dallas and Vegas, which doesn't resemble what the Leafs played, you know, very much. Um, or you have to have a coach who will pull the best out of a skill group that the Leafs, you know, somebody suggested Bruce Boudreaux, and I know that that would be a dream for him because he's always yeah. wanted to coach the Leafs, but, and he, and the media loves him, but is he the right coach? And gee, this team has had a tough time winning game sevens. Let's, let's get the guy who's like the opposite of Peter <laughs> DeBoer. He's like, oh, and seven. I love you, Bruce, but sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, Elias Pettersson arguably had his best season under him. Yeah. So. And Ovechkin too. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there you go. I don't know. So. It's too bad Barry Trotz already got a uh, got a job somewhere else. Because uh, yeah, if only he could have waited a little while longer, maybe he would have been uh, a good Don, fit. Don Cherry's available. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he doesn't want to break up the core four. He wants though <laughs> to run it back. So there you go. Yeah, because he's a because he's a Bruins fan and he wants to see the Leafs lose over and over. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, it's there's going to be a lot more. We're going to have you on again, definitely. Oh yeah, it's, it's not going to be boring, folks. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're saying boring. we're gonna, we're saying with still our our patio season is going to be a pretty busy one yeah. when we have our summer patio uh, season shows. So we'll definitely uh, well even before that in June, obviously. I'll have a drink with an umbrella in my hand. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's well, definitely the Leafs are the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And of course, we want to thank Mike once again for being our guest. So you can check out Mike's blog and podcast at hockeybuzz.com and the Leafs Convo. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. And make sure you do. He's at Mike in Buffalo. That's his handle. So thanks again, Mike. Thank you very much. Thanks. All right. Thanks to Mike for coming on. And we'd love to get your feedback and thoughts on the show. Um, so if you're watching this on YouTube, leave us a comment or on Spotify. It's very easy. If you just click on the um, show description while you're listening to us at the very bottom, there's a poll there. You just have to click what, what part of the show did you like? And we just we just want to get your feedback and uh, it it helps us. Um, well, it helps to grow our show and make it better for you, too. 
And again, we just want to give you a reminder that we will be reverting back to our normal publishing schedule uh, twice monthly. So our next episode will be on June 7th, um, unless something else big happens. You never <laughs> yeah. know between now and then, and we'll do another bonus episode if that happens. So just hit the follow button wherever you listen to us, and that way you will not miss any of our shows. And also be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917, and that's also our YouTube handle. Uh, and a reminder to leave us a rating or a review um, and let us let us know what you think of the show. It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure for us as a source for Leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. And another way to help us is by visiting our Ko-fi page at Ko-fi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation you make uh, goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. So you can find the, the link to our Ko-fi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. Yeah, and on our Ko-fi page, we've got a lot of uh, photos there from our days back at the at the garden. So you can check those out and um, and just throughout the regular seasons um check out our photo gallery there and and uh can see some of the fun times we've had our road trip to carolina this season too mm -hmm. so uh we also want to thank our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do so just one more last thing i want to add before we sign off um We've seen many uh, GMs come in uh, claiming to be the Messiah and, and saying that they're going to take us to the promised land. But so far, none of them have turned out to be Jesus. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks as always for listening and watching. And until next time, go Leafs, go. Leafs, go. go.